athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a whole lot. And when I say a whole lot, I mean a whole lot to get to on today's program. You know, one thing that didn't come as a surprise to me, and I had been hearing about some rumblings of the SIAC canceling its fall season. Well, that has come to fruition the SIAC has canceled its fall season, or as they put it, uh, they've continued to uh, the postponement that happened in the spring season. Same thing with the CIAA. The CIAA has post or canceled, postponed its fall season as well. Suspends competition for the fall of 2020. Wow, that is huge. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, you know, I've been saying this from the beginning. Everybody's been saying we're going to play, we're going to play, we're going to play. These, the SIAC, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Ivy League from an FCS standpoint, who everybody laughed at. Everybody laughed at this, the, uh, the Ivy League when the Ivy League suspended play for its entire, all of its sports. For the spring season. But, I mean, this is no surprise to me. I just don't see, and I've I've been saying this for quite some time, I just don't see how you're going to play contact sports. How do you do that? How do you do that? You're putting at risk the lives of student athletes. How do you do that? How do you as a conference? And you you, you see it's going to trickle down division two. You're going to see other division two. We're not going to – it's going to come, I think, down to a point where we're not going to have foot college football, at least, in the fall. I don't think at all, and I don't think we're going to have the NFL in the fall either. How do you – you need a – there needs to be a vaccine here. The only way that you're going to combat that and people not die, it's not about getting it. I mean, I think that's the wrong – way to look at it. Oh, if you get it, you're you're a younger person, it's minimum. That's not the way to look at it. Like you don't want to get this at all. It is a number of different things that can happen if you catch coronavirus. So the SIAC, CIAA have decided to postpone fall seasons. You know the last time the Ivy League made a decision to cancel athletics they were clown. The Ivy League was clown. And then everybody subsequently 
follow the model of the Ivy League. And guess what? The Ivy League is canceling competition. And it's important to mention that the Ivy League is canceling competition for the fall. So what that means is there won't be any volleyball. There won't be any cross-country competitions. There won't be any football. But there are, within the Ivy League, the respective schools, student-athletes, etc., are allowed to practice in smaller groups. So the Ivy League has already taken that step to say, hey, we are canceling competition for the fall. What other conferences will follow suit? And more specifically, smaller conferences, FCS conferences, Division II conferences, etc. It's a lot more money at stake with the FBS conferences, so it's got to be more of a discussion. Listen, from where I sit, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to, you know, we want to have competition. I want to have competition. As you know, we're already preparing for competition, as is everyone else with our HBCU football daily podcast. But at the end of the day, I think student athlete well-being has to be the number one priority. It's different with pro sports. That's why I always say and have said for so many years on this program, you cannot equate college athletics to pro sports. You cannot do it. Look at what the NBA is doing. They have a bubble situation. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, you have so many uh, staff members. You have a lot of players that are testing positive for coronavirus but they're still going on with it anyway, and you can control the environment a little bit better because, again, it's a quote-unquote bubble situation, so everybody's in one location. The the situation, not the spread and not if people can catch coronavirus, but there's a better chance uh, to protect people, if you will. There's a better chance, quote-unquote, to protect people from getting coronavirus. In college athletics, and let's just take football, for example. Like, how do you do that? Um, you know, you can't bring everyone to a bubble like you do with pro sports. Every, you know, you're going to have uh, teams on respect at their respective campuses. I mean, you know, there's so many, there's just so many variances with respect to trying to have college athletics. And I think to me, it's a situation where I think we're looking at this. We got to be a little bit more serious and a little bit more realistic about what we're dealing with, with respect to COVID-19. And I think part of it is because it is ever evolving. There are always, it's always something new. In the beginning, we didn't wear masks. Now we should wear masks. So there's always something different. I get it. But you know, you're in a situation that it's, it's feast or famine. With this coronavirus, either people sometimes are asymptomatic. Folks at times don't even, they'll have it, but don't show, you know, they don't show any of the symptoms all the way to people getting really sick, a little bit sick, almost to death sick, and then ultimately dying. So there are those variances. And for me, I'm not sure with respect to a contact sport, if I want to take that chance 
that I could possibly die from this just to play a sport. Now, certainly the level of the younger people that are dying from this is a lot less. Still, nonetheless, there are younger people that are dying from this. And I think we're sort of taking the the position that, okay, well, if only a certain amount of people catch it and we can contain it, then we can go on and, and participate in the sport and go on business as usual. And that's just, to me, that's just a bad way to look at it. It's not putting the student athletes welfare first. And I'm, I mean, I just don't know, especially as we stand right now, because we don't know, it's just so many different variances with respect to COVID-19 coronavirus that we really don't know. So I, you know, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I mean, but there are a lot of factors and the number one factor, especially for the bigger schools and more specifically the power five conferences, even more specific to than that, the SEC is we got to play these games. We got to make this money. You know, our, we got to satisfy our fan bases. I think depending upon where you are, seems to be taken a little bit more seriously than other places. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. We're here in North Carolina, so we're like on that border between the deep south and the north, if you will. But, I mean, seems like the deeper south you go, the less it's taken seriously. Don't mean any offense to anyone in the deep south. I'm just telling you from how all the all the studying, the, the articles, so forth, uh, that I've seen, that's what, it seems like to me, you go to New York, New York had the high look at New York. And I'll just take New York, for example, so many people, more specifically, New York City is the largest city in the United States. Early on, the numbers for New York in terms of positive tests and so forth, people dying, all of those things was sky high. Guess what? Because of the measures that have been put in place and the people took it seriously. New Yorkers took this seriously. It is now one of the best states. And let's not forget the governor of New York did not forget when some of those other governors said, if you're from New York, you cannot come to our state. Guess what? He's got a bunch. There's like 14 states where if where the governor says, if you come to our state, you need to quarantine for 14 days. He didn't forget that. Got to play that politics. So it's just so many different things uh, that goes into this. I don't know how we're going to play uh, sports, but, you know, we'll see. And we can talk a little bit further about that today here on the program. I want to get to Deshaun Jackson and his comments. Wow, Deshaun Jackson. I, 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 you know, Herm Edwards used to always say, don't press send and I just I just don't know what Deshaun Jackson was thinking with the comments that he made he he's walked them back but I mean it's out there now bro and I just you know it's I, I just don't understand what he was thinking about so we can talk about that a little bit further today here on the program also want to talk about the Washington Redskins name I want to talk about that as well I'm going to give it to you more from a fan perspective, I am a fan of the Washington Redskins until the name is changed. And I'm going to dive deep into this. I'm going to call Washington, the Washington football team, because I notice 
A lot more people are calling it the Washington football team. I'm going to continue to call the Washington football team the Washington Redskins. I'll talk more uh, about that again, again as a fan, as a fan, and I'm going to try to be, you know, as objective as possible. A lot of times, it, you know, it's hard, and it had been hard for me to really have this conversation in the past, and I've, we've had it on this program before, but it's been a little bit harder to have this conversation because I, I'm, I'm objective. I have an objective opinion, but, or I, excuse me, a subjective. I have a subjective opinion, but I'm going to try to be as objective today as possible as it relates to the Washington, uh, Washington Redskins. We can also talk about McCure Maker, the uh, young man from out of California, five-star player, has made his commitment to Howard University. Five-star player, McCure Maker, has made his commitment to Howard University. Will this be the beginning of a trend where we see a lot of five-star players, a lot of four or five-star players, big-time uh, high school athletes, more specifically in basketball, coming to HBCUs, particularly where we are in the social justice movement. I, movement, I would, and I'm going to emphasize the word commitment. It is a commitment. He has declared himself eligible for the NBA draft, which is taking place, I think it's October the 16th. He's declared himself eligible for that. Also of note, again, it's a commitment. He hasn't signed anything. So like a lot, a lot of athletes have done over the years, they'll make a commitment to said university. That changes. And then they go to another university. I don't know that I don't I don't know that that would happen per se, but I had some thoughts about that. I'm going to get into it a little bit, but if you want to read what I really thought about that, also uh, you can look at Bronny James, LeBron James's son. Um, there have, first of all, he's been offered by North Carolina Central. The other thing is there's a, 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 a sports betting uh, uh, entity uh, that has him, going to North Carolina Central. The odds say, their odds say, that the school he's going to go to most likely would be North Carolina Central. I think second on the list was Duke. Third was Howard. Fourth was North Carolina A&T, followed by, believe it in this order, UCLA, Kentucky, and it was somebody else. So, and, and again, that does, it, that's, it's nothing that Bronny James has said. It's just that now we've gotten into a situation where booking houses are 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 you can place bets you know on these type of things so we'll get into mccure maker uh also a little bit later today here on the program but again if you want to really know what i had to say in depth log on to our website at botchtoro.com i really went deep into this and wrote a column about maker's commitment to howard you want to participate here on from the press box to press row, hit us up via Twitter at box to row b o x t o r o w. Follow us while you're there. Also on Facebook, b o x the number two r o w. I can be reached personally on my personal Twitter account at dware one at dware one. Follow me while you're there. Also on my personal Instagram account at where Donald. Thank you to all of the wonderful 
affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row in the Daytona Beach area, W-E-L-E, a carrier of the program. has been carrying the program, I think, since about 2006. So you talk about a station that's been carrying the program a long time. W-E-L-E is that station. How about right here in our hometown of Raleigh, Buzz Sports Radio, that carries from the press box to press row? Those that listen to us on Sirius XM, Channel 142, and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. I'm up against the break. Up next, I'm going to talk Washington Redskins as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. You want to run your offense, there's no question about that, but I think you have to use some of the skill sets that Cam Newton also has. I don't think Cam Newton had a choice in this particular situation. I think he had to sign the contract. Yeah, he could have sat out a year, let the market reset. You're going to see the market reset for 2021. If you look at a guy like an Andy Dalton, if you look at a guy like a Jameis Winston, those guys are legitimate starting quarterbacks in the National football league but the market dictated that those guys now are backups in the league from the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country join donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of hbcu sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures that's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G. But I somehow, someway, keep coming up with funky hits like every single day. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, do we realistically believe that we can participate or that sports can be participated in in the fall, more specifically football. And I'm going to read you something. Um, it's interesting uh, because the SWAC has come out and talked about some of its guidelines for return to play, which, you know, quite frankly, didn't really say a whole lot. Uh, but there was one particular point that I want to point out to you right now, which says, Minimize and eliminate exposure to all environments that cannot meet CDC recommended standards related to appropriate social distancing and sanitization. And then in parentheses, including strict physical and social distancing guidelines. Then it goes on to say the only social distancing exceptions shall occur when student athletes participate in a physical or team activity supervised or conducted by a coach and athletics trainers. And in such cases, alternative and appropriate precautions should also be considered. So, so to me, it, it, I mean, I get it, but it's sort of a contradictory statement in the same bullet point. Now I went to the CDC to try to get some guideline for sports or some guidelines for sports. What I was able to find uh, currently uh, is youth sports and what the CDC is saying as it relates to youth sports is this the lowest risk happens when performing skill building drills or conditioning at home alone or with family members increasing risk uh, are team based 
practices, more risk are within team competition, within team competition, meaning practice, even more risk, full competition between teams from the same local geographic area, highest risk, full competition between teams from different geographic areas. So, I mean, that, and again, that's that's youth, but I couldn't imagine that it's much different between youth and you know, student athletes at the college level. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I wanted to point that out. And that's something we can talk uh, a little bit further about here on the program. As always, you can participate via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. Let's go. I want to talk about uh, the Washington Redskins and the name change. And as I mentioned, I mean, until the name is changed for me, and, and I get it, I, you know, it's 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 a tough thing as a Redskins fan, uh, number one, uh, because that's what I've known all my life. Uh, I've grew up a Redskins fan. It's what I know. I do understand that the term as as now, I mean, I could get into a whole bunch of stuff like I've really tried to do some digging about the origins of the name Redskin. And, and I'm not, let me, let me just give you some context. I don't want to get too deep into it because I think that we can, we all can agree. And I'm going to give you the one point uh, that I know some have brought up and it's something that I also have brought up on this show in the past. But the one reason to me that you can point to the name actually being derogatory, but I mean, you have some origins of the name Redskin, actually what it, meant and I, I really did some digging on this and, and it's hard the issue is first of all it was the 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 red skin was actually red it was spelled r-e-d space skin and it in the interim wasn't meant as a derogatory term in fact I read somewhere where it was meant a as a meaning a warrior Okay, the problem I think in what I read as well and, and, and what the what the problem I think and was pointed out is that the Native Americans never called themselves Redskins. The Europeans called the Native Americans Redskins, but because there was some translation issues there, Native Americans felt as though they needed to, and, and you'll, you may see where Native Americans in the past have used the term redskin. Well, they felt like they needed to use that term at times to be able to communicate with the Europeans. There, there's the term, there, there was the term white skin, red skin, uh, to, to really, I guess, uh, differentiate between the color of respective people's skin. I think that where we stand right now, we can all agree. We, you can talk about, we can talk about the origins. I'm not talking about the origins per se, other than to give you perspective. But I think we can all agree that if you look up the word red skin in the dictionary, and I'm looking at dictionary.com where it says a contemptuous term used to refer to a North American Indian. I mean, I used to hear where it meant dead Indian when you're talking about red skin. But I mean, that's what the dictionary says. I I'm, I'm, I don't know how we got to this point. Again, I used, 
you know, I tried to give a little context in terms of the history of the name somewhere along the way, though, because this is a this is a racist country somewhere along the way. It got turned into a name that was a derogatory name. Okay, and for me and especially in the business and, you know, being in the business of public relations, I'm all about names. So to me, that's one of the reasons why to me, until the name is changed, I'm going to call the Washington football team the Redskins. It's what I know. Um, It is near and dear to me. And, yeah, there was even a time when I was coming through college that, you know, I – you know, you know how things are. You kind of change your perspective on things when you, when you know better, you you do better. Um, and so for me, there was even a time when I, you know, it was like, man, this the name really isn't right. And to be honest with you, because of all of the backlash and because of what the dictionary term means, and not and and more importantly because of what Native Americans feel and that a lot of Native Americans feel that the name is derogatory, it probably it is time for a name change. Um, you know, I'll hate to see it go. And be honest with you, the more that this story has continued to pick up, the, the more that I've really said, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it probably is time. You know, I've, 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 and when that name goes away, because for me, when I think Redskins, I don't think of the definition of the name. I don't think of it that way. That doesn't make it any less inflammatory and derogatory, but I don't think of it that way. And I don't think a lot of people, Redskins fans and others think of it that way but I'm going to tell you what and and and, and again you can you, you know if you want to call them the red tails or you want to call them the warriors I think you have to you know if you're going to have the name change and by the way the way the reason even we got to this point remember Daniel Snyder said he would never change the name and then you know the FedExes of the world the Pepsis of the world came out and said hey we just can't particularly in the times we're in right now we just can't roll with you right now we cannot we've rolled with you long enough with this name you're going to have to change the name or we're walking. And when that money starts to walk away, that's when things change. It's, it's about the Benjamins. And when that, when them Benjamins start to walk away, people will change. And so we're ultimately going to see a name change. Will we see it before the season starts? I'm not sure. I think, you know, at the very least it needs to, you know, red tails is okay, I guess. It needs to be something with that R because that R means something. Maybe we can't use, you know, any longer the Native American. Um, you know, others will look at names and say, well, what about, you know, w- we need to change the name of the Cleveland Indians or, you know, we need to change the name of the Braves or we need to change uh, the name, you know, of the Chiefs. I mean, to me, all of those names are different. Um, the Indians, because now the problem is, especially when you have the the name Indian, you're you're essentially saying that an Indian, your your name, or the name of your team represents a a a a mascot, if you will. So now you're saying you know Indians are mascots, which is n- wrong. People are not mascots. So I get all of that. 
I just feel like with those names, and again, I'm big on names and what names mean, um, particularly not necessarily the Indians, but particularly the Chiefs and the Braves, those aren't derogatory names like the Indians are and even more so the Redskins are. So hopefully, the, you know, the Warriors, uh, I've seen that. I, I, it's fine by me. You can, whatever name you pick, I'm going to still roll with that Washington football team. I will say this, instead of calling it the Washington whatever, I think RFK is going to be torn down. And one of the points of contention for Daniel Snyder moving his team from uh, suburban Washington in Maryland back to the District of Columbia or D.C. was that the name would change. So if the name is going to change, you probably need to change the name all the way around, not just it won't be the Washington you know, Red Tails or the Washington Warriors. You need to change the name, in my opinion, to the D.C. whatever, Warriors, Red Tails, whatever it's going to be. For those that are from Washington like myself, when you say Washington, Washington doesn't mean D.C. What Washington means is what we call the area, meaning all of the surrounding parts of D.C., suburban Maryland, Montgomery County. You know, you're talking about Montgomery County, P.G. County, probably a little bit more specifically. I mean, you can look at parts of Howard County, Columbia on down, you know, maybe even, you know, you can make an argument, you know, for, uh, you know, more so for Howard County in Virginia. You know, you're looking at all of the surrounding counties, um, you know, Arlington and, you know, the, the cities, Alexandria and so on and so forth. That represents the area. OK, or, or as, as I like to say, or when I was coming up, we call it the area. So why not change? So Washington means more of the surrounding parts, whereas D.C. or District of Columbia means the actual city. So to me, if you're going to move back to D.C., change the name to the D.C., whatever it means. It's not going to take away from those of us that are not actually from D.C. We're still going to support that team. I just, you know, that that's something, you know, that that's just sort of my opinion. It may be time to change. Let's change the name to the D.C. Red Tails or whatever the case may be. But the last point on this, to me, which says that the name could be inflammatory is the fact that George Preston Marshall, the the owner, former owner who brought the team from Boston, this team was actually the Boston Braves, then the Boston Redskins, then moved to Washington as the Washington Redskins was a racist. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, his statue was taken down. He was the last owner in the National Football League, the very last owner to have a black player. This is all the way into the 60s when black players started to be admitted back into the National Football League because remember, back in the 20s, you had black players and then there became this unwritten rule about not having black players in the National Football League. They began to come back black players in the 40s, it took all the way into the 1960s for the Redskins to have a black player. Now, with that being said, I, you know, I've read where George Preston Marshall 
named this team uh, the Redskins because uh, because I think there was a maybe a player on the team that was Native American and he wanted to uh, be able to keep that fan base. So it, it was more of a of an honor thing than it was supposed to be derogatory. I mean, that's a that's something I read in a number of different places. Again, I guess to me, if by, let's say, the 1800s, the term Redskins had be, had been known as a derogatory name, why would you name your team Redskins? Again, if to me, if you're racist, you know, and, and, and you know, maybe he, maybe George Preston Marshall just, he, maybe he just didn't like black folks. I don't know. But to me, that speaks a little bit or, or even more so to the fact that the name is derogatory. I mean, I went through all of that because, again, I, it's difficult as a fan. It's difficult for me, but I understand. And again, as I mentioned from the beginning of this soliloquy, if you will, that it is time for a name change of the Washington Redskins. It is a sore point, and more so uh, because it's a sore point. It's going to continue to be a sore point. It'll die, it, 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 and maybe now it won't die down, but we've seen this happen over some time. It's died down, something happens, somebody starts talking about it, all of a sudden it becomes a story. And that's how a lot of things happen. You have a story, it goes away, People don't talk about it. Something else happens along those lines, right? And then it becomes a story again. But I think this time around, again, when you're talking about money and money being taken away, the conversation changes no matter what the issue. Money changes everything. Your thoughts. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We've got more uh, from the Press Box to Press Row on the other side. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember more? most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble, you know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience and I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression, and that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen, and people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult, and I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Aquila memory out their head, but realizing Aquila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just 
That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That's the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN College Sports Analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was um, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt and have done for an entire season. And there's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find an open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I've run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would follow it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. We're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi? Mississippi Valley State. 
State University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. One last thought about the Redskins. This is how we even got to this point. It's As I mentioned before, it's about the money. But let me be a little bit more specific because FedEx and others have, Pepsi and others have decided that they're not going to be a part of the Redskins as long as they have the Redskins name. Amazon said it's not going to sell the Redskins paraphernalia. But this is how we even got to that point. And it's not necessarily because of the social justice movement. I don't I mean that that may be it in part. It's the time that because of the movement, you can talk about it a little bit more, put a little bit more pressure on the Redskins. I mean, this this converse topic of conversation comes up at least twice a year. And it has for the last three, four or five years. But this is how we got to this point. When the Redskins, who for so many years, and, and, and again, the dynamic, there's, there's a dynamic. It's all in, in Washington, okay, in the Washington area. I mentioned Washington, what Washington means, and D.C. In the Washington metropolitan area, it is all about the Redskins. It's the Redskins and then the other teams, the Wizards, the Capitals. Now you have the Nationals that are there. And at one time when the Nationals weren't there, it was the Baltimore Orioles. But it's all about the Redskins. Okay. So from about 1966 up until a couple of seasons ago, the Redskins season tickets were sold out. You could not get a season ticket to the Redskins. As a matter of fact, at one time there was like a wait list of 100,000 people waiting to get season tickets. Of course, you're talking about going back. And even, even when uh, the Redskins weren't so good after the Super Bowl, the early 70s with George Allen, and then towards the latter part, the mid to the latter part of the 70s, the Redskins were really, really bad. Uh, even during that period, tickets were still sold out. You come up into 2018 when now season tickets are not sold out. The Redskins are bad. They're not winning. People are frustrated with the owner and Daniel Snyder, some of the moves he's making. And by the way, I mean, in all fairness to Daniel Snyder, I mean, this is a guy that I know a lot of people want him out and figure that the team will be better if he's not the owner and they've lost uh, he's lost three minority partners in terms of the ownership part of it. I think that amounts to 40%. Um, so things don't look good, but this is where things went wrong. When the the Redskins had been so bad for so many years that people decided, I'm not going to bother. Fans said, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to spend my money. I'll watch the games on TV if I'm so inclined. I may not even do that. They're so bad, and it was 
really the way, you know, some of the coaching and the way the team had been run. Again, two years ago, season tickets are not sold. Now we get to this point two years later where, yeah, it looks like maybe there's going to be a bit of a turnaround. But still, when the topic of conversation comes up again, but more so now because FedEx decided, FedEx has its name on the stadium. FedEx probably said, you know what? We backed you for so many years, even when you said, meaning talking to Daniel Snyder, that you would never change the name. We still backed you on that. But you know what, Daniel? Now that your team is not doing so well, not as many people are coming to our games, reports of tickets being sold for $4, okay? Eh, you know what? You're not really giving us the return on our investment. So guess what? You know, we're getting some pressure. We're in this thing with you, but you know, we're we're getting a little bit more pressure now too. And so, you know, we're going to back out of this thing, okay? Pepsi-Cola or Pepsi Company saying the same thing. And you coupled that with where we are with social justice and that movement made it a time where now, because again, we, we've had this conversation for many a year, but it never really got to this point where, again, Snyder just, just said, I'm not changing the name of the team, even to the point that he said he wasn't going to change the name of the team, even to move it back into D.C., which I believe is something that he really wants to do. So it's about the money. FedEx, PepsiCo said, you know what? We can't stand behind you anymore. Not enough eyeballs are on our product now because your product is bad. Okay, so now we're this is the time that, you know, we can't exactly stand behind you anymore. You need to change the name of the team or we're going to walk. And when you have FedEx who has its naming rights on the stadium, that's a significant amount of money. Listen, butts in the seats are cool, you know, and that and, and, and I mean, that's cool. And you're going to get a lot of money from the paraphernalia that's sold. But you got to have those sponsors. The TV money is great, too. Don't get me wrong. But you got to have those sponsors that are going to stand behind you and give you that money. If FedEx walks away, Pepsi walks away. Those are two big companies because if those companies walk away, who's going to come in and replace those companies? Those companies have mega bucks. Who's going to come in? Nobody that has mega bucks like that haven't seen FedEx, Pepsi walk away knowing the situation around the name is going to come in and supplement that. So that's where this happened and the Redskins are going to have to change the name. And again, it's all about the money. Your thoughts hit me up via Twitter at box to row B O X T O R O W or on Facebook B O X the number two R O W. And by the way, the Redskins, I mean, before the Panthers were here, even before Atlanta, there were no, you know, the Redskins are more like one of the original members of the, well, not one of the original members, but they've been in the national football league a long, long time. There were no teams South of uh, of Washington, maybe what until maybe the I mean, if you if you're talking about going southwest, I you know Texas is more southwest than it is south, but the 
the Dallas, uh, well, originally I, the, the Dallas Texans, then the Dallas Cowboys were what introduced in 1960. So Redskins had a monopoly on this thing for so many years, and now it's unraveling and unfortunately going to have to change the name. So let's get back to talking about not only the CIAA, but the SIAC canceling seasons. I think it's going to be a ripple effect across division two. And a lot of it has to do with money. Like at that level, you're not making you're you're more than likely losing money at that level. So to play a season, it's in danger and lose money and lose even more money because maybe the tickets you would have sold or maybe the sponsorship you would have gotten, you're not going to get perhaps maybe that sponsorship. So really, it just makes sense. So I think you're going to see a lot more Division II programs cancel. You've already, in the FCS level, seen the Ivy League cancel. You're going to see other FCS programs cancel. Then ultimately, all FCS programs are going to cancel. Then it's going to trickle up to the FBS programs. You're going to have the lower tier, middle mid-tier, whatever you want to call it, FBS programs that are ultimately going to cancel. And then you're going to have the Power Five who are going to be adamant about playing. But I think the pressure is going to be so great because a lot of people are going to look and say, well, yeah, but you're under the same constraints that all of these other college football conferences are up against. Just because you're a power five conference doesn't mean you're invincible and people die. It's not just the players we're talking about. It's support staff, athletic trainers, equipment people. Um, you know, that have to be around coaches, etc. I mean, so how are you going to play with this virus? So I think ultimately the college football season is going to be canceled. I think ultimately the National Football League is going to cancel its season. I get it. The National Football League, big, bad NFL. The NFL is big and bad. When this thing hit, even prior to the draft, the National Football League said, we are going on with the draft, which is which is okay. You can do that virtually. I think it came off well, quite frankly. Uh, but then, but even prior to the draft, the, the NFL said, no, nah, we're not canceling anything. Everything is going to go as we said it's going to go, okay? Until, and I forget, it was something that they pushed back. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something on the NFL calendar that was pushed back. And that's going to be the start of, I think, uh, I just don't see how you're going to play a season. Like, I mean, and and are players concerned about that as well? I mean, I know players want to get paid as well as the owners, but how are you, are you going to risk getting paid at the expense of possibly dying, there's got to be some kind of cure for this, for us to be able to have contact sports, football, NBA. The NBA is in a bubble, okay? Yeah, great. But guess what? As we've talked about, there are others that are going to be outside of that bubble, people that have to come into the hotels, service the hotels, etc., that are going to go home to their families every day night and are you going to make players stay uh not they they can't go out at all just don't see how we're gonna i mean and and some of the players have expressed concerns others are going to go on and move on but 
and they're going to try to take every precaution. I get all of that. You can take every precaution humanly possible, but guess what? When you get on that court, 94 feet from end to end, you got to man up and play defense against someone who's sweating. You got somebody's taking it to the hole. You got to prevent them from getting to the hole. It's just too, you can, you can talk about taking temperatures and all that. I mean, that's great. But just because you don't have a temperature doesn't mean you don't have coronavirus. I, you know, I, the NBA may be able to get it off a little bit. I mean, I give the National Football League a 5 to 10% chance of playing this year. I give the NBA maybe a 20% chance of playing. In the NBA, because of the model, the, we're only, you know, a couple of, couple of two, three weeks away from games actually beginning. But eventually, they're going to have to shut this thing down because they're going to have so many. I mean, they have cases now. I mean, every sport has cases now. How are you going to play a contact sport? With the COVID-19 pandemic, somebody's got to tell me how. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. We wrap the show up after this. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. If you got thoughts on anything that I had to say in the last segment, I don't just don't think that we're going to have football at least in the fall. I don't think we're going to have football, basketball, contact sports until there is a vaccine or until there is we know everything we have to know or need to know about coronavirus and by the way it seems almost laughable now that even back when this first happened the coronavirus the COVID-19 pandemic a lot of comparisons were made to the flu oh it's like catching the flu no it's not like Catching the flu generally and people don't don't get me wrong. People die from the flu, but people are dying in mass from coronavirus. So I think we need to keep these student athletes safe. And I just don't think that we're going to have athletics this season. Your thoughts via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook B-O-X the number two R-O-W. The Big Ten announced that it will only play conference football games. That is a precursor to the Big Ten canceling the 2020 football season. It is a precursor to the Big Ten canceling the 2020 football season. In that first segment, I talked about the CDC guidelines for youth sports 
And one of those guidelines was that you play youth sports within the region that you're in. I mean, I, okay, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert on this, obviously, but I mean, what? I mean, if if Indiana has a higher rate and Ohio doesn't, so now we can play game. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, that's fine. But again, to me, the Big Ten—that's a, a big-time conference, one of the Power Fives—making the announcement that it's only going to play conference games, and again, that is a precursor to the Big Ten canceling the 2020 season. Now, you know, I said that it'll be a little bit harder, and not not harder, but I think that with respect to the Power Five conferences, the Power Five conferences are going to be the last. To hold out, they're going to want to play. The money is so significant. I mean, if you're D two, I mean, why play? I mean, you're you're saving. You're in essence, you're saving money. Yes, the visibility from the athletics piece isn't out there, but it's not as visible on the D two level. It's more visible on the FCS level. So you and plus there's some guarantee games there on that FCS level. So you want to try to play that season as much as possible, but. You know, again, I don't believe that's going to happen. You know, FBS, lower tier FBS level, eh, that you, some uh, some of the schools do make money. But again, ultimately, they're going to cancel as well. And then we'll get to the Power Five and they're going to want to play. It's going to be, you know, I mean, especially when you're talking about uh, places like where the SEC plays, where, Football is king. I mean, it's all about football. Listen, we're not playing. We're not playing. And to me, further, it would be irresponsible for football, college football, and really the National Football League, but again, two different things. It would be irresponsible for college football to play in 2020. So obviously we're going to have to see how things play out we're getting ready to wrap it up here on from the press box to press row as a reminder the hbcu football daily podcast so this is where we are with the hbcu football daily podcast that the siac has announced that it has suspended its 2020 athletic fall season we currently clark atlanta was previewed on friday so you can listen to the podcast with Clark Atlanta and all of the previous podcasts on our website at BoxToRow.com, also via iHeartMedia and Apple Podcasts. And then we're not going to have, excuse me, a fresh HBCU Football Daily Podcast until Tuesday, July 21st, when we preview the Grambling Tigers. As long as the SWAC, the MEAC, which I think ultimately are going to suspend seasons, but as long as those seasons are are projected to go on. We will continue with uh, the teams that are going to play and will, again, pick back up on July 21st with the Grambling Tigers again. I've given my thoughts on McCure Maker's commitment to Howard. Read those thoughts on our website at BoxToRoad.com. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about From the Press Box to Press Row heard each and every week right here on this radio station. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.
There's a million MCs that claim they want some, but see, I create sounds that make your ears go numb. Peace to Sears Ave, yeah, you know how we go. My best friend Steven at the Home Depot. Burlington is in the house, I can't forget Southside. Walk past some seas like that girl did the far side. I'm labeled as the cat's meow, the MC with the know how. Act like you know, not now, but right now.